Well, a few years ago, um, I was with friends, and we saw this sign at a coffee shop on the outskirts of the state of Mississippi. It said this, we do not have Wi-Fi, talk to each other, pretend it's 1995. And you know, I'm convinced that if Peter had Twitter, had, if he had Wi-Fi, he would hashtag four uh, dominant themes. Uh, those four, you probably know if you've been dialed in with us, or these four, hope, we looked at that. John, and, John Wood and I have preached these sermons, hope. Uh, Peter describes it in the first chapter as a living hope. He contrasts it with the second law of thermodynamics of what will rot or spoil or fade. And he says, this one won't. In fact, there's a divine inheritance that you have. I, I mean, I want some of that in this world that seems to be trending from bad to worse on a global, local, national, uh, sometimes personal level. And so he points us to a hope. Hey, have your feet firmly right here, established, strengthened, and rooted right here where you live, but have a hope that's above you. And it's one that will not disappoint. We hope for constantly. This week, I bet you uh, 20 times you've said it and 120,000 you've thought it. I hope that, I hope for, but ultimately there's a hope, Romans 5 says, that will not disappoint. And so we preach that in week one and we keep it in front of us. And you know we're going to talk about it on Easter in a couple of weeks. And then holiness, John Wood did a, an excellent job there. He did so well. I'm not going to let him preach anytime soon again. But I'm uh, kidding. J John preached on holiness and he talked to us, as Peter did, about a, being different and being distinct. Not different in a weird way. But uh, in fact, Peter in this letter would say that the cross is a stumbling block, but we shouldn't be a stumbling block. And so we point people to Jesus and whatever causes people offense or consternation or whatever, it shouldn't be us personally. It should ultimately be the message and uh, where it puts them because sin, because we, Jesus taught this, men love darkness. We love to hide and we, we love our sin, but we're called to live differently. And when things are trending badly, listen, what an opportunity. How many of you just kind of seen the problems, right? Oh, we're just, we're just all the problems. And, and, but a few, I think, among us have seen, hey, what an opportunity. When things are dark and you're called to be a light, you've got a, you've got a better opportunity uh, to shine, you know, sort of similar to the big fish in a small pond kind of thing. Like we have an opportunity in so much darkness to really, really shine. And, but we need to be committed to living, living differently. And then we looked last week at honor. And First Peter 2, 17 says, honor everyone. And there's no excuses, uh, no, uh, no, you know, no um, expiration date on that. No fine print there, no asterisks, just honor everyone. How different would our world be? And we, we looked at the reality back then as it is now that the command, simple command to honor everyone was not being honored by everyone. And we looked at it specifically in the context of marriage. Hey, hey, fellas, if you're married, those of you are going to be honor and delight in your wife. Honor and delight in your wife, honor everyone, and oh, when, mar when marriages is seen, and I tell you, I don't. I, there's not a there's not a a better arena to shine the light of Christ than in the home, and for godly marriages. Hey, are you struggling? Every everybody does. Last week, I, I guess I got close to the edge of of uh, maybe bragging a little bit. Um, I was waiting for somebody to hit me up and question my character. But I just wanted y'all to know. You remember, I was like, hey, you need some, you want some good news? Like, we're, we've been married, we're starting to stare at 25 years, and it's never been better. And we're cultivating our friendship. And honestly, like, she's Cali girl singing country songs to me. Like, it's, it's a, we're in a good place in our marriage, and we need to honor marriage. And what an opportunity uh, we're finding 
um, to shine as a light when honor is there. And then the fourth hashtag, if Peter had Twitter and Wi-Fi, I think he would uh, emphasize to us harmony. First Peter 3, we're still in First Peter. Uh, we're in the third chapter. We're not hitting everything, as you know, but here's the passage, First Peter 3. I think we're reading 8 through 11 in the ESV. Now, y'all know, anybody know what I did last week? I dropped a paraphrase on you. I've never done this in the nine and a half year history of FC. In fact, I didn't even mention it. I didn't have them put it on the screen, but I dropped some message on you. I dropped some message on you because, well, yeah, because it was safer. Sometimes I'm weak. Just going to say, First Peter, we're back to uh, the ESV. Finally, finally, all of you have unity of mind. Sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, who doesn't, gang? Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Hashtag harmony. The, the word here, the Greek word here, is this word. It's a homothodon. So say that out loud with me. One, two, three. You're at home. Say if you're watching with someone, say it out loud. Homothodon. Homothodon. Okay, we hear you. Homothodon. And it sounds like a dinosaur, doesn't it? it uh, maybe I'm resorting to my boyhood. My wife tells me I do that all the time daily. I go back to my boyhood. But it sounds like a dinosaur. The T-Rex and the homothodon. Well, the homothodon literally means of one mind. Isn't that cool? Except when you think about that, like, does that seem a little creepy? Does it seem impossible? Does it seem cult-like if we uh, gathered at my house uh, tonight and mine's not big enough, but if we gathered at somebody's very large estate and said, hey, let's all be of one mind. We are committed to being of one mind. I would have a little bit of trouble with that on the surface because I like the way I think. And I don't like the way some of y'all think. And the more I hear what some of y'all think, the more I talk to you about what you think, the more I see what you post on social media, I don't really like everything that you think. So I'm out. I'm out early. Oh gosh, I'm up front preaching this sermon and I'm checking out. That's a problem. Let's clarify though. Homothodon. Say it again with me. Homothodon. It means of one mind. Let's clarify. And this adds beauty uh, to the problem here. Uh, a couple things. It means this. We can put it this way. Walking hand in hand with someone without always seeing eye to eye. I was thinking about this. Uh, listen to me if you're a young minister on our staff or leading here. But I was thinking how important it is for us to think about this uh, outside of these walls with everybody that we interact with to honor everyone. Um, it's become trendy to talk down even about other churches. I, I walked to work today and I passed a church to get to this church. And I looked over at another church and we've got Presbyterians and we've got Methodists. And listen, we should never be threatened by anybody doing well. We should be thrilled if we're on the same team. Uh, we don't need to spend any time running anybody else down. Let, let's just commit to that. Let's honor everybody and not waste any time talking about how we're better or we think we're better. You know, if we're following Jesus, then uh, we have more to be united in than we have to be divided in. So it's walking hand in hand with someone without always seeing eye to eye. You may think, ah, the preacher's dropping a little poetry. He's so proud of that little pithy saying that he came up with. But uh, think about that. Look at it. And there's, there's something there walk in there's a there's a, a, a 
a prophet of old named Amos. Y'all know any of Amos? Amos 4.3, can two people walk together unless they agree? You can't go for a walk unless you have enough foundational agreement. And that's true, man. If you're in a, a, a business partnership, uh, just a couple of days ago, I sat down with a guy who a business is dissolving. I don't think it has much to do with COVID. It has everything to do with division, a lack of harmony, homothodon with another person. And he thought, they both thought that they could walk together because they had enough agreement and they started business and realized we don't agree on the stuff that we need to. And it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts. A lack of harmony, a lack of homothodon, it hurts us. And so, Walking hand in hand hand with someone without always seeing eye to eye. If you're sitting next to someone that you love, look, you are not always going to see eye to eye. And I don't think that you should. I got in a lot of trouble in the political sermon series, a little bit of trouble from a few of you when I talked about how I was kind of proud that my own three children and a staff team of what, 10 or 11, we don't agree on everything politically. We have different thoughts and ideas. And so we're having to walk together hand in hand without seeing eye to eye I think it's not so much an ugly thing but an unbelievably good thing if we can hold hands and there's a better purpose another way to clarify homothodon of one mind so it doesn't seem creepy or cult-like it's this oneness without sameness oneness without sameness so what does that look like let me ask you does the world need this just just like we uh last week we looked at honor everyone does the world need that how how beautiful would your life be if we honored everyone how different would you be if you honored everyone well what about this what do you think we need some oneness without uh, without sameness here's a couple of three photos i want to show you that demonstrate this to me and i hope today to you two High school football players. It's readily apparent that they're on opposing teams and they're uh, different races, one a black player, one a white player. And after the game, they knelt at midfield. One of the boys was aware that the other boy's mom was battling cancer. And that touched his story. Different positions, different teams, different races. Man, they were after each other for 60 minutes of playing time, three hours on a football field. But for one to initiate and to say, I feel you and I'm with you. And as I understand the story from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, both young men believe in a God that does work and that can heal. Another picture is one from the political world, uh, Antonin Scalia. And uh, look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's giving him the eye, and she, the late RBG. A lot of you pay tribute to her. How innovative, what a trailblazer uh, she was. A uh, guy on the left, you can't get more conservative as a judicial leader. The, the person on the right, you can't get, um, well, you can get a little bit more liberal maybe, but not much probably as I understand it ideologically vastly different so oneness is not possible is that right is that what we conclude i mean we we entrench in our it's a popular phrase now and we entrench in our echo chambers and so there's no oneness here but you know what uh scalia took ginsburg to the opera it was a date of sorts an appropriate date as i understand it and ruth bader ginsburg bought furniture nice new furniture (laughs) for Antonin Scalia, and here's what uh, he said 
By the way, Nick Crawford, I don't know if he's in the house yet, but he's, uh, he has a signed book by one of these judges. I attack ideas, Scalia said. I don't attack people. Some very good people have some very bad ideas. Look, he notices he takes a shot there. If you can't separate the two, you need to get another job. A third photo that illustrates this sameness without oneness is, to me, honestly, the most powerful. A lion, tiger, and a bear. Look, everybody knows this, apex predators. They don't sleep together. They don't play together. Apex predators. The story of these three, as I saw in Huffington Post a few months back, was they were um, all abused by an Atlanta drug dealer. Meth and heroin, just terrible debauchery. Uh, There was abuse and mistreatment and malnourishment, and a local vet right outside of Atlanta discovered through um, an alert uh, citizen, and they rescued these three. And they took them in, and she nursed them back to health. And all three were hurt. All three needed healing. And they discovered that this vet said, with the consultation of other animal experts, that they need to be together. They need to heal together. It will expedite their healing. It will ensure their health and vitality if they are together. And so I want to, as we keep that up there, I want to tell you, this to me um, represents us, what we should be. A perspective that you should have if you're going to have harmony with people around you is we're all hurt. We've all been hurt. We've all been dinged and damaged. Let me tell you, look at the person next to you and just look at them. Look, they've been dinged and damaged. Just even if you're not sitting by somebody, I know we got you socially distant, but just look at somebody, somebody you don't even know. It's going to be weird. And just give them that look. You don't, don't say it out loud, but just kind of give them that look that you know they're dinged and you know they're damaged. All right? And... We're hurt, and we need healing. But here's the thing, the idea of being a harmonious church, like we need to get this. The idea of being a harmonious faith family is that we acknowledge that we've all been hurt. We've all been dinged and damaged, and we together, together, better together, we move toward healing, and we do it not in a mean way. Some of you are trying to be sanctified. Some of you are trying to grow like Jesus and you're rude and unrighteous and you're, you're, uh, you look down on people and you're very judgmental. I hate when I'm actually looking at somebody when I say things like that. I'm, I'm not trying to, a uh, dude over here is like, oh my gosh, I had coffee with him one time. He's like, oh my gosh, you just read my mail. Uh, I'm not talking about you, brother. I'm talking about that person. And, and then I think see somebody up by the stained glass. But hey, no, for real, I got it in me, you got it. It's just ugly, man. People that have been dinged and damaged, people that are hurting and that need to be like, we can do that in a mean way. But couldn't it promote more unity if we just acknowledge the sinfulness and how, man, sin hurts and sin is real and sin fractures us. And you're just, at best, you're limping toward healing. 
So let, it, let us not form a predatory environment. Look, when we talk about harmony, I think of, uh, some of you think, I know he's going here, but in John 17, there's just nothing better than the high priestly intercessory prayer of John 17 when Jesus said, Father, I pray that they may be one as we are one. It's that very simple, uh, everybody gets the Trinity, right? Three and one, triune God, <laughs> we're, we're past that. But God says, hey, I pray that just as we are one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they would be one, that the world may believe that you have sent us John 17 and then the church forms and it grows and spreads and multiplies and increases and people show up and people always bring with them problems because we are apex predators, dinged and damaged. And Galatians 5, it got to the point where Paul was writing. I know we're in Peter, but Paul was writing to the church in Galatia because they had a lot of problems. And he said, Galatians 5, 13, don't bite and devour one another. Oh, I pray that they would be one. Don't bite and devour one another. We don't have to be so mean and judgmental as we grow. Can you just take a breath and be patient with people? Do you know the person who's hurt you, they may themselves be hurting. Do you know that they're in process? And so uh, Peter's gonna say kindness and compassion and even slow growth. Some of you think it's micro, you know it's not microwave growth. In fact, uh, Studies reveal that things, in entities, institutions, organizations that grow really fast oftentimes don't do it in a healthy way. I have two friends that are pastors. They planted churches. And within a matter of a few years, they were in a world of hurt. So we're in process, all of us. When I was, um, when I was in fourth grade, I wrote a book report, and it was just one sentence. It went like this. This book says more about bears than I care to know. (laughs) Teacher didn't like it. Parents really didn't like it. But they liked me, and I got a C. Hey, if you've been around church for any extended period of time, you're going to know that church folk, that we have a tendency to overcomplicate things that God intended to be really simple. In fact, if you know any friends or you've been a part or maybe you're here today or tuning in online and looking for something new and you've been a part of something that just there's just a world of hurt and division, there's not oneness. In fact, some people are trying to promote sameness, but there's, there's no oneness It's really simple. I think Peter would say to us, when I read all five chapters of this letter, I think he's trying to say this. It's sort of what some have tagged Jesus with of the golden rule. Here's how simple it could be for us to live more with more harmony. God wants us to treat others the way he treats us. How about that? Let's pretend that we have more energy in the room and just say amen on that. What do you think? God wants us, like, when you start fighting... When you start fighting, you've probably made things too complicated. Now, I'm not, look, I'm not saying be shallow. I'm not saying don't go deep. I'm not saying conjugate Greek verbs. Don't conjugate Greek verbs and parse the Hebrew and walk things out and, and, and have a healthy, robust theological debate about God's divine sovereignty and man's human will. And is there actually a rapture? And what does 1 Thessalonians 4 really say about the trumpet and on and on and on? Like, let's go for it. But the church has a tremendous capacity to overcomplicate what God intended to be simple. And if one of the 
chief writers of scripture said, there are some things that are over my head, then you know what, guess what? There are gonna be some things over your head too. And you can move into that and you can talk a little bit and have some healthy debate. Man, I'm all about it. Some of you are like, Robert, you better be very careful with this sermon illustration because I know you like a good argument every now and then. Look, I love to argue and be right sometimes. That was a carefully crafted sentence there, if you, if you go back. But hey, look, don't overcomplicate. Paul would say, don't stray from, the, from your simple devotion of Jesus. When people and groups and families and my uh, friend who had a business partner didn't work out, um, there is... It exposes a herd. It exposes, uh, in some, some ways, bitter jealousy, as James would say, and, and selfish ambition. And so with this, how do we, how should we treat others the way God has treated us? So how has God treated us? Titus 3, I don't have it on the screen, Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, says, For the grace of God has appeared. God has shown up in our midst and he has, God's grace teaches us to move away from worldly desires and the flesh and to move towards love and kindness and godliness. And Titus 3 there, it goes on to talk about a washing and a regeneration and a, and a renewal. It's soap. It's a cleansing. You're so messy and I'm so messy. You know, sometimes in our attempt, I talked to a handful of leaders uh, in my office just a couple of um, weeks ago and we had good debate. In fact, we had something that maybe could have divided us. It still has a chance to divide us. But what was cool is there was laughter and love uh, in the room. And we, one of the the voice I wanted to to give to the discussion is sometimes we want uh, easy, but when you follow Jesus into a world of grace and truth, uh, it's gonna be messy. And so we need this regeneration. It's why we baptize. It's the picture of water. It's the Holy Spirit work. Look, it's a Holy Spirit work. It's a Holy Spirit work. Titus 3, 4, and 5. It's the regeneration of the work that he can do for us. But here's the thing. When the grace of God appears, if we're going to be harmonious, if we're going to have harmony, you're going to need to want to change. And some people don't. Jesus asked a man who was physically sick, do you want to be well? I was a boy and I read that. I'm like, Jesus, really? You want to ask somebody that? Do you want to be well? Some people don't want to be well. Some people want to stay right there in their sin. Let me ask you, conversely, do you have a picture of the person you want to be in 12 months? Or you just want to be right where you are? I think Peter would say to us, come as you are, but commit to not staying there. So I want to give you um, a contrast. If you're a note taker, I don't have this on the screen, but if you're a note taker, write the word quarrel down. Can you spell that? Q-U-A-R-R-E-L-L. Quarrel. Did I get that right, Drew? Check me. I got, I got another service. I want to get that right. Quarrel. Write the word quarrel down. And then over here, by contrast, write the word qualities down. Qualities. And so scripture tells us, in fact, I'm jumping out of 1 Peter here, but 2 Peter uh, 2, 1 talks about false teachers. Because, you know, one of the things in the church that takes away from harmony is false teachers. But, he, but, but Peter would say, avoid these controversies. Paul to Titus, Titus 3, 9, 
avoid controversy. So this word quarrels, avoid quarrels. Avoid quarrels. But when it comes to qualities, add these qualities. Peter was big, like a chef in the kitchen, like add these things to your life. You know, when uh, we talk about golden rule living, when we talk about promoting harmony, when we talk about not overcomplicating and living like Jesus wants us to live, Jesus had a giant welcome mat. I was going to bring a welcome mat and hold it out, but now I was grabbing it at the last minute from my house, and uh, I realized we don't have a welcome mat. So pretend I'm holding a welcome mat. So Jesus uh, had a welcome mat. I don't, but Jesus had a welcome mat. So wherever he went, Capernaum, Jericho, Jerusalem, Samaria, when he said to his disciples, which had huge social, economic, political uh, ramifications, let's go to the other side. No, no, we don't go across the tracks. Well, let's go across it. Jesus, wherever he went, had a welcome mat. A simple woman, you have no idea, Jesus, how many men I've slept with. Well, actually, I have welcome. Uh, a rich young girl, you have no idea how much money I've taken from other people. I've, how greed has a grip on my life. Yes, I do. Welcome. Peter was one who knew about the welcome mat of Jesus. Stubborn and impulsive, and I would say cocky, and a man full of pride. And Jesus says, hey, you, you're welcome. You're welcome here. So there's uh, some virtues. Uh, we're over here on the, the qualities side. We want to we want to avoid quarrels, and we want to add qualities. Now, here's the problem we have, and it really cuts against harmony. Some of you, uh, you want to add quarrels, and you want to avoid qualities. And it's, uh, oftentimes, it's people in church that know a lot. Man, I know a lot, and I'm going to tell you how wrong you are. In fact, uh, these people that I interact with, uh, we don't have many at Fondren, thank God, but we got to keep watch. Leaders got to keep a watch. We got to love everybody, got to respect everybody, honor everyone, but we got to keep a watch because here's the thing about unity, it's fragile. Harmony's fragile. You know what? You need to guard it. Mess, like love, you know what scripture says? Love protects. This is particularly appealing to men. Like, I lock the door. Who locks the doors? I lock the doors at my house. I turn on the outside lights. I install new outside lights. I fuss at people when they don't lock the doors. I want to protect. I want to guard the people that are precious to me. I, I, I care very little about material possessions. I like a new pair of shoes every so often. But man, I, I want to protect the people that I, that I love. And so unity is something that's so fragile, you have to guard it. Paul would say in Ephesians 4, maintain the unity of the spirit. The spirit creates it. We're called to maintain it. It's a very spiritual Work. And so the qualities, let's look at these, a few of these right here. I would call these the thinking, I got to stay over here, the thinking or feeling component to this. So harmony, there's four words, four words that end with a Y. There's harmony itself. There's uh, sympathy that he talks about. There's brotherly kindness and there's humility. These are thinking feeling. This is how you need to think. This is how you need to feel. A very popular evangelical author a few years ago, I've got every book he's written in my office, hadn't given up on him yet, but he, he wrote and he wrote, it, it, just, it just flooded um, social media world. And he said, I don't go to church anymore. And the, his critique of the church was largely this, it's like a TED talk and a few songs. And I can get that at home. Now, in some ways, a brilliant, brilliant author, very influential. 
there was a backlash and social media is so nasty, isn't it? Just be careful. Do justice, love mercy, post humbly. And there was just a backlash and a, a, some nastiness, but I thought a needed, a needed debate. And he's right. Listen, he, he's right that you can get all kind of content online. In fact, we had to curtail global missions in 2020. And so we applied, we still gave 20% away to partners, but we applied money, reappropriated money to cameras, to what you see around you, some new lights and cameras. We're not about bells and whistles, but we want to invest in this season because love does no harm and we didn't want to gather and harm people. We wanted to love our neighbor and the nations and not spread things and hurt people. And so we didn't even gather for 22 weeks. And when we did, as I think we're doing now, we're trying to be careful. Some would say somewhat careful. We've gotten criticism uh, from both sides, but God in a beautiful way has helped us, I think, maintain a, a large level of harmony but this uh, writer said i don't go to church anymore you can get that stuff online here's what you can get online great sermons in fact if you don't know this maybe i shouldn't tell you but you can get better sermons than you're hearing right now online don't say amen don't don't nod your head i'll see you guys all right i'm coming at you now you can you can you can hear better music maybe online i didn't mean that lauren some people have said that (laughs) maybe it's true maybe you can here's what i would say find a a church some of y'all watch Chandler right Matt Chandler Matt Chandler every sermon he preaches he looks at the camera and says man don't let this be a substitute for a local church and so in that local church get involved lead and serve and come under some authority that makes you nervous doesn't it come under some authority trusted authority godly authority and walk together with a group of people. You can get great sermons online. You can get great music online. And you can do what a, a ton of Christian consumers do. Maybe not disciples, but Christian consumers. Follow the trends and the fads. And you like this one next. And then go to here and go there and go there and there. But here's what you can't get online. You can't get online with what God promised. When people are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. And it's an embodiment of people. We are the people, not the pixels of God. And so we are to think and feel. And when we, when we see each other running down these halls, when we start getting close to each other and hugs and handshakes and holy kisses are coming fairly soon, I think, we feel for each other and we connect to each other. And Peter is saying, hey, come on. And we have to gather. In order to do this, we have up to gather for some of you it's not the right time to gather there's no judgment i should look at the camera there's no judgment we're just eager to have you back when it's right and safe and good for you you come back and we can't wait there are some other qualities i want to share with you and they are the uh well, let me let me talk about uh, humility real quick. First Peter five five, Peter would say this. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. The older I get, the more I want to say Amen to that. You young people, listen to me, look up to me. Just kidding. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility. Now, everybody, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You want to mess up harmony? Be proud. You want to mess up unity? Strut your stuff. Care about your angle, your ego, and your agenda. 
in the corporate world, we have CEOs and presidents and executive vice presidents and managers. In the military world, we have generals and colonels and majors and we have lieutenants and uh, lowly privates. And Jesus, as I understand his life and teaching, he's not against order or hierarchy at all per se, but he's against lording it over other people. In fact, when he uh, was with the disciples and he saw the hierarchy and he he saw how leaders were abusing other people, uh, he said these two simple words to his disciples. He said, not so. If you're a parent, I know you've taught this to your kids. You see something, you go, not so. Not so. Not so among you. Live differently. And pride is one of the great disruptors of unity. We got to be clothed with humility. If you know a leader at Fondred Church, especially if his initials are RG, man, call him out in love. Be, be gentle about it. Have some reverence. All right? You ain't perfect. But let's watch out for each other. Let's watch out for each other in this area so that we can be humble. Again, God's not against order, hierarchy, rank, all that. It can, it can be good. Just don't lord it. Not so. Y'all, we got to be different. Not so. You want to promote, promote harmony? Not so. Not so. Live differently. Very quickly. Here are some action qualities. We're going to try to avoid quarrels, and we're going to try to add these qualities. A forgiving spirit, do not repay evil for evil. Uh, controlled tongue, verse 10, keep his tongue from evil and his lips from sin. A life of purity, turn away from evil and do good. A peaceful disposition, seek peace and pursue it. Hey, let's talk for, real quick about a forgiving spirit. Do you find it easy to forgive other people? Every Sunday, I'm convinced, pastors have a saying, when we get together and have coffee, we talk about this, we talk about y'all. And we say, there's a little saying, uh, it's kind of in the preacher world, that uh, there's, there's a pain in every pew. And some of the pain that we bring is a lack of forgiveness. Lauren, what was the first song we sang, help me, the, about mountains and walls coming down and what else? Giants fall, break down every wall. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll get it right for the 11. I won't need you for the 11. Um, look, no walls are going to fall. No, no giants are going to crawl. If uh, That's why I don't lead worship. So many, so many reasons I don't lead worship at Fondren. And Susan reminds me of that. But um, look, ain't nothing big is going to happen with a... With a unforgiving spirit like you can come and say oh i was so moved thank you for the three points and the song was so good i like that part about oh and i got some free coffee don't have to pay for it don't have to give they don't force me to give i can get free coffee and it was so good but you got a wall between you and somebody god ain't going to move something in your life without you ever notice that god uses difficult people i heard somebody one time one of my favorite writers a woman she said why does god use difficult people to grow me And then she answered her own question. Is there any other kind? Man, Moses, let's look at the scripture a second. Moses had Pharaoh. Jacob had Laban. David had Saul. Esther had Haman. John the Baptist had Herod. Jesus had Judas. Difficult, difficult people. When we first moved to Fondren about nine years ago, we got a house 
uh, less than a mile from here. We had neighbors. The wife was a doctor and the dude stayed home. He's gotten insurance since then, but he would just like wash cars. I talked to him into washing my truck one day. He just like meticulously kept after everything. And he had a couple of dogs that just seemed to be like uh, crazy. And he sent the dogs off to, um, he called it a summer camp, which I kind of, I was naturally suspicious. So he's going off, they're going off to summer camp. Is that right? Vacation Bible school, something like that. And he sent them off, and I learned when the dogs got back, they'd, they'd, he'd sent them and paid hefty price for uh, summer camp slash reform school. And these dogs came back, and at every command, I mean, they were prompt and eager and just unswervingly devoted to what the master would say. And I remember thinking, wouldn't it be cool if there was a reform school for people? That difficult person, you know, the person that you already, you're already thinking about them right now. Like you've been thinking about them for three minutes of this sermon. Like you know who they are. Wouldn't it be cool if you could send them off to reform school and fix them and they come back and every command that you give them, they're polite and eager and give you unswerving devotion at everything. Wouldn't that be cool? But here's the thing that I have noticed, and this can really help us with harmony in our relationships. You ready for this? I can't change someone deep down in their soul. Three words, only God can. You know what I can do? Some of us are good at it. I'm kind of telling on myself, but some of you are better than I am. But I can manipulate, intimidate. I can reason and reward. I can flatter. I can withdraw into sullen silence to try to change someone's behavior in the moment. but I can only affect the outer edges of someone's personality. Because you hear what I'm saying? You have a soul, and it's the deepest part of who you are. And only God can change that. So as Lauren and the team make their way up, I want to real quickly run through these. Keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceit. Here's what I've learned from linguistic people. Is that every day the average person, how many of you are average? It's hard to raise your hand on that. No, don't raise your hand. Don't sell yourself short here. You're, you're amazing. Uh, average people come to the 11 o'clock. Average people say, <laughs> average people say 25,000 words a day. I'm definitely not average. I'm above average. All right. Average people say 25,000 words a day. That means uh, in a day, you say 50 pages of a novel. I, I grabbed a novel off my shelf. Uh, this Boys in the Boat. Y'all ever read Boys in the Boat? That's not what I'm preaching, but read this. No, y'all hadn't read this? Boys in the Boat, seriously. Oh, man. All right, read it. So inspirational. But anyway, 25,000 words a day, so that's 50 pages of a novel. And you speak that 25,000 words a day, 50 pages of a novel for a week, then that's, that's a novel. A novel in a week. 350 pages, by the way. And... That's 52 of these in a year. That, my friends, 52, oh, that's a lot of words. You take 52 of those, that's a lot of words. Are they true? Are they honest? Do they reveal who you are and where you need to grow? Do you have other people's back when they're not present? Do you give them the benefit of the doubt? Do you run leaders down when you don't know how difficult it is to lead what they're leading? Are your words kind? Are they compassionate? Do they build others up or do you add to the cynicism and disunity? Now the Bible says, here's how important harmony is. 
that if somebody, and occasionally there's some people, and Scripture calls them evil, they're not avoiding quarrels, they're adding to the quarrels, and they're avoiding qualities. In fact, Titus 3, 9 says, don't do that. In verse 10, if it gets so bad, you have to break fellowship with them. That's how important harmony is. Now, the goal is always, always to restore. But you have to break fellowship with them. Would you stand today? And I want you to, um, as we sing and close, just ponder for a moment. Where are you on this continuum? One last slide before we put up a music lyric. Think of the four words, link them in as we close this series. Hopeful words plus holy words plus honoring words is harmony. First Peter 5, 12, I'm stopping. But look, you see Peter doing this at the end of the chapter with the help of Silas, also known as Sylvanius, whom I regard as a faithful brother. You, you know what we need? We need to honor each other. We need to speak words of hope. We need to challenge each other to be holy, to be different, to be distinct. And when we do, we'll promote harmony. There are people that make our lives happen, that help it go smooth. People that they matter and we love them and they love us. And like we got to speak life into people. May we be a church that encourages other people. We call people out and we say we're not just pointing fingers and talking about people's nastiness and how mean they are we're saying look at look at this guy look at this guy look at what she means look at their faithfulness and i love that about peter you know you learned that from he learned it from jesus you know you want to be a a place that's happy and holy and harmonious it's just encouragement just flows out of this i got some friends man i wouldn't trade them for anything they 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 call me out sometimes but man they just speak life into me Let's be those people. Father, help us to move away, to avoid quarrels, complicating simple things and starting fights and adding to the cynicism and disunity. And let us move over on the continuum to adding qualities, qualities that we think and feel, harmony and sympathy and brotherly kindness and humility. And let us have a forgiving spirit and a controlled tongue a purity of life. Work in us. Jesus, we pray.